so you, uh, I, I have found, uh, Mr. Mack, that, I mean, I think a good buffer against such an egress from criminals, whether they're whatever hat they're operating under, whether as an agent for the state uh, or an, an agency of the state or, or, or if they're just wearing some filthy black hat holding a baseball bat standing under the bridge, is education. Don't go by the bridge, circumvent it, police the bridge, remove the, you know, the road agent. Um, and if you don't give such, such uh, malfeasance or egress, then oftentimes is not. That's 100% of the problem solved. And that's why education is very important. And that's what I, this is you and I on having this conversation here, serves um, that uh, uh, end. Um, you mentioned the, um, the Bundy Ranch. I got a letter um, yesterday, and it's an open letter um, uh, from Eamon Bundy. Yes, I got that, too. Um, great letter. August 6, 2014, to Sheriff Doug Gillespie, Clark County, Nevada, Sheriff's Department. In a recent yeah. press conference, you mentioned, number one, the Bureau of Land Management lied to you, and number two, Bundy brought armed men to the ranch for protection. Yeah. While I can't speak to the validity of your, validity of your first claim, we unequivocally take issue with a second. We never asked for armed men to come to our aid. In fact, everyone who arrived at the Bundy Ranch, men, women, armed and unarmed, voluntarily came to support the constitutional rights that you failed to defend. Had you not neglected, neglected your duty to defend our rights, the rights of the very people for whom you swore a solemn oath to defend, there never would have been a standoff in the first place. So while you chastise my family and pontificate about how, quote, Bundy should be held accountable for crossing the line, unquote, let it be known that the responsibility for this escalation rests primarily at the doorstep of the Clark County Sheriff's Office. Please allow me a moment to remind you of some of the history leading up to that day. One, hundreds of militarized agents invaded our community and terrorized us. Two, they seized the land by gunpoint, claiming it as their own. Three, they not only threatened, but actually inflicted bodily harm on anyone who stepped onto the land. Remind you, this land was cared for, cultivated, and improved upon by my family and the community for many generations. Four, a 57-year-old cancer-surviving woman was body-slammed by a federal agent for doing nothing more than exercising her First Amendment rights. Uh, five, as we sat in the sniper's crosshairs, federal agents shoved M-16 rifles into the faces of our wives who were holding our infant children. Dave was kicked, beaten, battered, loaded into a federal truck, and taken to the BLM compound to become the BLM trophy. They paraded him around into the sun, in the sun, cruelly ridiculing for hours, tightly bound without water. After they had their fun with him, they dumped him out on the road and covered up any legal proof that they even took him. These are just a few of the atrocities that were inflicted upon my family and the community who was peaceably, peacefully protesting. The only thing we pointed at those agents were cameras to capture their atrocities for the world to see. In return, they released dogs on us. They tased us, they beat us, and they abused us in order to intimidate us. Right. Um, this goes on, um, and I feel like I've started reading it, so I should finish it. Um, and, uh, when our First Amendment rights were stripped down to a 20 by 50 foot box, you did nothing. When armed men trampled my brother, beat him, and nearly took his life, you refused to protect. When women, infants, and children were held captive at gunpoint by angry and violent men, our cries for help fell on deaf ears. When men and women literally wounded and bleeding were in need of emergency assistance because you allowed these heavy hands to afflict us, then you refused the emergency medical services to be ditch dispatched for our care. When we called, you said there wasn't anything you could do. You said this fight was between the Bundys and the BLM. However, you commanded your deputies to stand by while our families, our own families and community members were being inflicted upon and threatened with lethal weapons. 
Sheriff, your response demonstrates that you have a fundamental misunderstanding of your place in our government. You have more authority and responsibility than any federal agency, and yet you cowardly force the people to defend themselves. Evidence in your power and responsibility was never more apparent than at the standoff. When your deputies, deputies told the federal agents to back down, the federal agents backed down. They backed down because your deputies, who had constitutional and jurisdictional authority from the people, finally did what the people hired you and them to do and insisted that these federal agents stop their abuses. In the end, your deputies did the right thing. But, Sheriff, you should have never let it come to this. While the BLM was willing to shoot my family over land and power, we were willing to die for our families and livelihoods and our constitutional rights. You should have been defending these rights for us. That's what we elected you to do. Thankfully, the American people came to our defense. They came to our defense because you failed to do your duty. For that, you should be grieved and held accountable for. I offer warning to you and other government personnel that lead or follow your example. The people are in unrest because of these types of egregious actions. The purpose of government is to protect and uphold the unalienable rights of the people, not to infringe upon them. It is our duty and obligation to defend our God-given rights if our government representatives fail to do so or tries to discard them. We as citizens desire to live in peace and tranquility, but will defend our freedoms if necessary in order to do so. I call upon you, Sheriff Gillespie, and all civil servants to honorably effectuate the true purpose of government, to uphold the oaths and duties of your sworn offices, to truly be representative of the people, by the people, and for the people. And I leave you with the wisdom of Thomas Jefferson. He wrote here, Rightful liberty is unobstructed action according to our will within limits drawn around us by the equal rights of others. I do not add within the limits of the law because law is often but the tyrant's will and always so when it violates the rights of the individual. Sincerely, Eamon Bundy. In terms of executive enforcement, Mr. Mack, um, enforcement of policy, um, we talked about situations where, for example, the bar may be not... Uh, serving as the watch, uh, you know, as as the proper uh, uh, with the proper vigilance for the district court, for example, members of the Arizona bar uh, or, or the, you know, the, the federal bar down here. Well, it would be viewed, you know, a tax protest would be viewed as um, uh, frivolous. Well, <clears throat> you know, or with the health care mandate. Well, that seems unconstitutional. So. You know, or an income tax that's all across the continent has absolutely no relevance or logical bearing on some, you know, old Joe out in the middle of nowhere, you know, up in some corner of Nevada where there's no, you know, there's no highway. So the HERF funds are kind of irrelevant, for example. So just as an example. So who decides locally whether these, you know, policies can or, and as such will be enforced or are even enforceable? I mean, it, it seems to me that as. The executive branch goes all the way down to the sovereign elect, and that would, you know, it's a peace officer, a sheriff's officer, or a citizen, well, you know, incumbent in his own right. So, like, is it just someone's not watching the door properly, or or people misunderstand the system and they get caught in there, kind of like a like a dead bird stuck in a windmill, and it messes things up? And I mean, in terms of how the the spirit of the government's supposed to work, it should be fine. And I see plenty of instances where it does work just fine. What's the problem, usually? Well, the problem is, is that uh, we have a lot of people in local offices who don't know and understand the Constitution, don't know or understand their obligation to defend it, to preserve it, to work with uh, their constituents, the people, we the people, the ultimate power, in this country, and that they have an obligation to protect the people from out-of-control government. And there is no 
a readily available solution to anybody anymore. I mean, what do you what do you expect that some citizens going to have the time and money to fight 25 years like Wayne Haig did, or fight 22 years like Clive Bundy's family have been forced to do? That should not happen in America. No fight against our government should last that long. Sure, and if the courts for us have to become, preserve our rights, if the courts have become a cottage industry, all the bar certainly has all day to sit around well, and course. profiteer off of it. And you know what I have to say about this, as an agent for the currency, as a public currency, the public coin, or the Commonwealth, like profiteering for current for its own is a is a kind of racketeering, and it's a crime. Frankly. Well, it is. And then the other part of that is that the federal government steals money from the, the American people and uh, sets up huge grants to be uh, divvied out to uh, sheriff's offices and police agencies all across the country. And they're buying loyalty. Sure. They're buying support. They're bribing these agencies. And uh, and my book really gets into that issue big time. The new one, Are You a David? Are you a David? Yeah. And every American needs to see this. And and not only, first of all, do I expose the problem, but we delve into the solution. And there are solutions available. I would agree. And, and I do have, I kind of have all day because this is my job. I mean, as a journalist, yeah. I, I yeah. chose this on purpose. Some people find that difficult to believe. I actually enjoy it. And I have all day. And it's a good thing, too, because it takes all day. It takes a career. Um, well, and it takes courage, and that's exactly why I ask, are you a David? You know, sure. the people of this country a strong uh, need for, to get for, involved for the listener in who's unfamiliar with the, uh, with the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the Judaic law and the, in the, the, the Old Testament, uh, David was as strong as a king, a strong man, and people relied yeah, on him. An entire well, even, even more specifically, though, what he's most famous for is go, going against Goliath. And on the cover of the book, it has one of our good constitutional female sheriffs standing there with her arms folded, looking right at the, the camera, yeah. and with her gun there and her handcuffs and her cowgirl hat. And Goliath is behind her with his spear in hand, ready to go after her. And she, she's given this look like, Hey, I got this one. I got this covered. Yeah, I have to but, say I saw the deputy, but I didn't. I saw the deputy sitting there looking with her sidearm, but I didn't see the Goliath when I looked at the the, the cover that day. Yeah, I, yeah uh, Goliath and the Philistine army are behind him. I would that, I would point right out, um, uh, Richard, uh, Mr. Mack, and it's not just the, the federal uh, you know badge or seal that can be derelicted. Right. It's any position of power can be can be usurped if someone, oh, absolutely. If someone lets just, absolutely. I mean, don't pick on but the, the, and, and, but the question the, federal the, the question is this yep. this is what this is really what the question first of all we expose the sheriff uh, Gillespie that you just talked talked about or read about that Ammon Bundy was addressing uh, sheriff Gillespie is one of the worst sheriffs in America and uh, yet the National Sheriffs Association made him the sheriff of the year just last year yeah and um and, and this, this is how hypocritical this whole process is and how stupid the process is. But I want to compare Sheriff Gillespie to Sheriff Tony DeMeo. They both are sheriffs in the same state. They both uh, have, uh, have had opportunities to stand for freedom and liberty. But Sheriff DeMeo actually did exactly the opposite that Sheriff Gillespie did. Sheriff Gillespie said he had no authority to interfere. 
Sheriff DeMeo, on the other hand, totally interfered mm. and told the federal government they were not going to take Wayne Haig's fam, uh, family's business away and were not going to confiscate cattle. Mm. And they came in there to confiscate the cattle. Mm. And the sheriff said, no, he interposed and said, no, you're not going to do that. And then the BLM threatened him and said, we're going to come back with a SWAT team. And Tony DeMeo said, fine, I've got one too. And so guess what? The BLM never came back with their SWAT team, and they didn't try to confiscate the cows again. And mm -hmm. if they had, Tony DeMeo would have stopped it. So the sheriff, I'm, and so the book asks, which sheriff do you want in your county? I'm asking even liberals, what, which sheriff do you want in your county? Which system do you want in your county and in your life? Do you want the Sheriff Gillespie thing that says the BLM and the federal government, the IRS and EPA and all the rest of them can come in my county and do whatever they want to to you, the citizens? Or do you want the Sheriff Brad Rogers or the Sheriff Max or the Sheriff Palmers or the Sheriff Clarks or the Sheriff Christophers and others that we have mentioned in the book? specifically like Sheriff DeMeo, who stood for liberty, stood and did what, and defended the people against the onslaught of federal incursions. The book asks, plain and simply, which sheriff are you and you citizens? Which sheriff do you want and hope to have in your county? And therein lies the process for the solution. You know, uh, Sheriff Gillespie, it's not, I mean, everyone can learn. Everyone can learn. Yeah. And this has and probably repent. been a very, yeah, a very uh, teachable situation for him. I mean, everyone yeah. has to learn this at some point. I mean, with all of the bad information that's out there, I mean, you know, people, you know, there has to be, it's there in order for, as, a, as an egress to a crime. You know, a lie right. occurs. Just like um, every right is to some substantive degree or another a right to privacy. Well, Every crime is effectively, you know, a true crime is a kind of uh, uh, is a kind of dishonesty, kind of lie. And there are lies everywhere. And everyone's susceptible. Everyone with ears, you know, is susceptible to hearing lies. And you hear it enough or you're, you're you know, you're bamboozled, you know, effectively enough. And so anyway, anybody can learn from a situation. So, you know, and I would imagine that that Sheriff, you know, I would I would pray help, you know, Sheriff Gillespie learns from this, um, you know, um, Law enforcement. Well, he won't, but, uh, that, but he's retiring, so that's probably the good part. That's the good I have news, to confess, but... I've met you. I've never met him. And you mentioned earlier even liberals, and you mentioned uh, uh, um, the term republic. Both words mean don't tread on me. The root word of liberal means is liberty. Okay? Yes. It means individual liberty. It means leave me alone. And republic, res public, means government, you know, by res publica, sovereign public, so the people, you know, the constituent the sovereign elect. So, you know, there that no one has a dissenting interest uh, in that. These this these civil uh, you know, uh, tools are just like the currency, or just like anything else. Like the IRS is, you know, functioning in good faith when it isn't a, a you know, a, you know, arguably a torture device or a a malevolent invasion of privacy, it could be painted up with all kinds of great stripes and made to do fantastic things. But but it I, back it comes right back down to who's back there behind the curtain, you know. Um, <laughs> so you got to watch the door, but up to the curtain. Um, yes. in, in respect to law enforcement in the United States, tell us a little bit about 
tell the listeners a little bit about your speaking of egress your egress into law enforcement and why and like and i will say that it, by the definition of what it is a peace officer you know they're the good guys they're the guys that you know people men and women who say don't tread on me leave us alone that's that's their job is is to protect and truly uh you know the interdiction of crime is is one thing and uh, criminal crime you know violent crime that's something but when we're when we're talking about what a true role of it is first of all how did you get into it why why would you want to do something like that mr man well and the worst crimes that have ever been committed throughout world history are government crimes and how do we make sure that uh, will not repeat in america right, when the bulk or majority of law enforcement in the united states says uh i will not take action against other government officials or i can't stand against other government officials but something else we bring out in the book is an article called badge versus badge mm -hmm. and uh, sheriff DeMeo is an example of that and we had three other sheriffs that did it back in 2003 so the the solution is there uh, but now we really need the courage uh to act upon it and that that's really the underlying theme of the book you know do we have the courage to stand uh, do we have the courage to take on goliath uh, do we know and understand enough about the threat to america and recognize the real enemy and sun tzu in his uh the art of war 2500 years ago and, and this is also in the book it, it brings us out he says that if you do not know yourself and you do not know your enemy, you will lose every battle. And this is something we bring out on both sides. First of all, does the sheriff know his position? Does the sheriff know his duties? And does he know and understand the oath of office and the Constitution? If he doesn't know that, then strike one. Mm. And then the other one is, does he know the real threat? Does he know the enemy? Who is the enemy? Who is destroying America? Who is destroying our Constitution? You have to look at that and say, anyone who's trying to destroy American values and destroy the American, uh, the American dream and the experiment of freedom that America was, that we govern ourselves, if somebody's trying to destroy that, you have to recognize them as the enemy. An enemy has done this. And, and so if we don't have sheriffs and chiefs and peace officers and patrol officers and everyone in local and state positions, if they don't recognize that, then there's no way we can win. 